This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Celebrating America's birthday, it's Fox Across America's July 4th Radio Barbecue Bash with Jimmy Fallon. From the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters, it is Fox Across America's July 4th Radio Barbecue Bash. I am your host, Jimmy Fallon, and today we are celebrating the greatest country in the world, the greatest source of good the world has ever known. That's right, America is 246 years old. It's now the same age as President Joe Biden. Come on, man. But we're going to be blowing out the candles with all of my favorite Fox pals. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott will be here on the government side of things. Brian Brenberg, Fox News contributor, associate professor of economics, a proud patriot joining us as well. And on a day when we honor the father of our country, George Washington, and so many of our founding fathers. We will also hear from my son, Lincoln Fela, who joins me today on the show to celebrate what can only be described as the greatest country in the history of the world. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. It's a big day for the country. It is a big day for me. I, of course... I'm getting ready to host the 4th of July special on the 5. That's where I'll be spending my 4th of July. I'll be on the 5 hosting that special. And later on at 8 o'clock on the East Coast, I will be doing Fox News' live fireworks coverage. But we begin with some you and me time right here on the radio on a day that's very much going to function like a barbecue. I'm going to have friends drop by. It's going to be a lot of food talk. It's going to be a lot of fireworks talk, but mainly food talks. Because if you know anything about me, if you ever watch me on TV, I am so obsessed with food. Fox has basically had to pay somebody to walk around and knock the brownies and the sweets out of my hand between TV hits. Put that cookie down now. There he is now. Uh, and I am a guy that grew up just absolutely adoring the 4th of July because my story is that I grew up in Levittown, New York, which was the biggest post-World War II settlement for American GIs returning home from the war. Everybody in my community was a veteran. I basically grew up near a lot of old men. You should never make a sudden move around. Ever. You know what I mean? You don't want to give one of these guys a flashback or, you know. I'll break you in half like a little toothpick. But the one thing they all had in common when they weren't threatening to beat me up for playing hide-and-seek in their yard or hitting the ball over their fence is they all flew the flag. They all flew the flag proudly. That's what I come from. That's why my radio show, Day In and Day Out, I always say it's a celebration of our unique American privilege. But it is, okay, because if you live in this country— you know, you don't hear a lot of this in our politics in this day and age because there's a lot of victimhood being peddled. Oh, you can't do it. You need the government to help. So vote for us. You know, that whole thing. But the truth is, if you live in this country, you are part of the world's 1%. You would rather be you 
in America than you would anywhere else. The overall quality of life here better, no matter what you are, black, white, gay, Asian, straight, it doesn't matter. You could be a Yankee fan like me. You could be one of those lunatic Red Sox fans up in Boston where they had the tea party. It doesn't really matter. The point is, if you live in America, you have hit the lottery. He knows what he's talking about. And growing up in that environment where the 4th of July was always a nonstop barbecue, a lot of fireworks. I grew up in the 80s. Parents didn't care in the 80s. They just gave you fireworks to get you out of their face. And then they went in the bar- backyard and started barbecuing or swimming in their above-ground pools that I grew up around. And me and my brothers would literally, as hard as this is to fathom, okay, in an era where kids now have apps on their phones that allow their parents to track them depending on what room in the house they happen to be in, we were turned loose on the streets of Long Island with bottle rockets to shoot at each other. What the hell did you just say? I know. In this day and age, your parents would be arrested for that. But I grew up in a, a far less tame version of America where we didn't actually play a heck of a whole lot of defense. But when it came to loving the country, okay, it was the one thing we always did right. You might not like our parental standards back then. We spanked the kids. Oh, did we spank the kids? I grew up in an Italian house, which means not only did I get beat as a kid, but my parents used weapons, like weapons. Every Italian kid got beat with either a belt or a spoon, and that was never the worst part. The worst part was you had to go get it for them. Could you imagine in this day and age when I had a toothache as a little kid, my grandma put brandy on my gums to knock me out? You couldn't do that in this day and age. And I'm not even saying you should. But the one thing we should absolutely positively carry forward from that era is the love for country, is the desire to put country ahead of party. And it's the thing I try to do every day on the radio. I say all the time, I'm a talk show host. I'm not an activist. It's not my job to steer your vote. It's my job to create a forum where we can all share our views honestly without fear of being canceled or chased out of a restaurant. It's my job to give us a place where Americans can be what they were meant to be, which is free-range chickens, man. E pluribus unum. Our founding fathers said out of many, one. That's why we fought the British. We wanted to all do our own thing, whether it was religiously, whatever the case may be, whether it was financially. We didn't want the government dictating our every move because, as the great Ronald Reagan once said, Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Our founding fathers knew that, and that's why they were willing to go to war for the freedoms you enjoy and in a lot of instances take for granted. But this was a road worth traveling because we sit here on the other end of it at a time where, yeah, we're very divided as far as our politics are concerned. But again, in a world where you are what your record says you are, there's a lot of people on the left that'll tell you, oh, America, slavery, blah, blah, blah. Nobody will ever deny that America was founded in a different time where we had different standards. But the fact that a lot of those standards didn't age well as it pertains to, say, slavery, which was a heinous stain on our country, the fact remains no country has done more to level that playing field and create an environment of inclusion than the one you happen to live in now. There's a lot of people in politics that want you to believe America in 2022 is America in 1822, but the truth is that's not remotely close to the truth. We're not going to sit here and listen to you badmouth the United States of America. No, we are not. It was a country that began with just 2.5 million people. When we won our independence from the British, it has ballooned to 325 million people. 
a country now that is a economic and military superpower, a country so strong that according to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council, we can eat 150 million hot dogs every year on the 4th of July and still live to tell the tale. If that's not strength, I don't know what is. The point being, America is 246 years old, and some of my favorite Americans are going to be joining us to discuss something Ted Cruz called Freedom! The show you can always count on to do the job. A three-letter word, jobs, J-O-B-S, jobs. Happy Fourth of July from Fox Across America. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Uh, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott's going to be here. Lincoln Fela is going to be in the house if we can sober him up in time. But joining us now on the show, a guy who is keenly aware of his unique American privilege. He did not get it from rooting for the Minnesota Twins, I assure you that. Uh, but he has rooted for America and won at every turn. Brian Brenberg joins us on the show. Hey, man. Oh, good to talk to you, Jimmy. Listen, I consider you an All-American, as you know. We're two guys who grew up in Mickey Mantle houses. We love the country. We loved, I don't know that you love the Yankees, but you love the Mick, right? Oh, yeah. But you don't want to spend the whole show talking about that, do you? I don't I don't think you do, but we can go there if you want to. No, no, we've got important things to get into. It's a 4th of July celebration. We're going to talk about hot dogs, beer, and fireworks. No question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been reading all of these stats, Brenberg, and one of the fascinating ones that jumped out at me, and you tell me if you consider this high or low, okay? According to the National Sausage and Hot Dog Council, Americans are expected to eat 150 million hot dogs over the July 4th holiday. Does that sound high to you or low? Wait, are we talking about what's going to be eaten at the Brenberg household <laughs> on 4th of July? or what's... No, I lo- look, hot dogs, hot dogs are the great American food, okay? They're appropriate at any occasion, but especially at 4th of July because you know, 4th of July, you just have the grill going all day long, and you got to have a brat or a hot dog sitting on that thing to create the right aroma, right? There's an aroma to the 4th of July, mm-hmm. and it's the sausage, and it's the hot dog, and that's what it's all about. The, you, you said that with the passion of a man who's putting on a girdle. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, you know, this is what kept, you know, you want to go, this is what kept, kept Babe Ruth trim and fit. The guy blasted 714 homers because he ate hot dogs, you know, before, <laughs> after, and during every game. That's how it works. It's great American food. Isn't it funny when you think of America, because baseball is the national pastime, that's why I'm always bringing it up. It's funny to talk about the exploits of players and managers. If you remember Jim Leland, he used to smoke cigarettes in the dugout. Isn't it so funny in this day and age to picture a manager smoking a cigarette? Well, it's, it's yeah, but, you know, there's there's something good about it, too, because, you know, he's he's managing a baseball game. Look, he's not running a marathon. He's not, you know, he's not trying to pitch nine innings. He's got to think, okay? So yeah. that man thinks by, you know, taking a drag of his cigarette, sitting back, okay, you know, where do I pinch hit? Who bunts here? That, like, that's what makes baseball great. It's the guys who do the 
the things you don't expect. That, that's what makes America great. The people who do the things you don't expect. They come out of nowhere. They come out of the woodwork. They, you know, they come out of central Pennsylvania or Ohio or central Minnesota, and they do something that nobody ever thought was possible. And that's the essence of the American experiment. Oh, it's so true. I mean, it's the ultimate underdog story. When we fought the British, we were, I believe, 55-point underdogs in Vegas. <laughs> Nobody. Like, people might George have bet Washington, the points. He's past his prime. He can't do this. He's past his prime. He's got no arm left. He can't quarterback <laughs> this team. Let's go to Mel Kuyper Jr. Now, Mel, you saw the king working out. <laughs> You're telling me his 40-yard dash is, is not as good as it used to be. <laughs> Woo, we're talking to Brian Brenberg. We're celebrating America. But it's true. Plenty of people might have bet America plus the 55 points, but no one bet us to win outright. But we won outright, and that's always been the American story is that of the underdog. And, you know, I'm always no, championing I that cause because I think in the day and age we live in, it's my greatest frustration, is there's so much defeatism in politics now because they're selling you so much state dependency, so much government dependency, that it, we went from eight years of Obama saying yes, we can, to a lot of no, we can't. And I just don't know, since we're talking about sports, you've never heard a pregame speech that begins with, we can't pull this off, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, and, and you know, you kind of take it back to hot dogs, too. I mean, you know, hot dogs are the food of the underdog, you mm -hmm. know? Hot dogs are th – th that was the that was the, the U.S. Uh, – that was the Revolutionary War machinery of the U.S., of the, of, the, of the colonies. We were the hot dog of an army, and, you know, but the hot dog stays on the grill, and it's there for you, and you get into the, you know, you get into the late innings, you grab it, you throw some ketchup on it, and, and the, the ball game is yours. I mean that's you – know, like that's what you – don't, you, don't you don't win revolutionary wars eating caviar. You, know, you win revolutionary wars eating hot dogs. You got to want it. You know, a lot of people don't tell you this, <laughs> but in the, in the famous image of Washington crossing the Delaware, they've, they've airbrushed out the hot dog that he was holding in his hand. It was, I believe it was a Thumans. I know Nathan's is big on the 4th of July, but I do believe it was a Thumans, correct? And, you know, the, 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 the relish he had piled on that hot dog, and nobody knows this, but the mustard, the guy was all about the mustard all over the place. But, you know, that's what it takes, right? you got to cut the mustard if you want a written revolutionary war. That was Washington for you. That was Washington crossing the Delaware. <laughs> now, you are so true. The things historians don't tell you. That's why you listen to Fox Across America, <laughs> especially on the 4th of July. Now, uh, I'm out in Los Angeles for the 4th of July. You'll be in the woods of Minnesota. Uh, I wanted to ask you this question because someone told me this the other day, and it really made me reexamine everything. Okay, I grew up in an era of firework usage completely unsupervised like back we i grew up in levittown on long island and we used to like actually have something called bottle rocket fights where we would we would light bottle rockets and shoot them at each other did the brenberg suffer from that same lack of parental oversight <laughs> you know I, there are so many bb guns and pellet guns out here operating at all times i don't think anybody even thought about going you know, going for the fireworks is like we were already kind of armed and ready to go 365. But fireworks are like this is the, this fireworks are so great because, you know, you got you got a guy and he's just kind of living his life day to day, 364 days a year. There's just nothing all that remarkable about it. But he saves up and he stock he goes to you know, Minnesota. You can't buy the good stuff. You got to go to Wisconsin. He stockpiles the, the really good fireworks. He invites the whole neighborhood over on the 4th of July. 
You know, that's his one chance every year to almost murder his neighbors. And it, that's such a highlight. That's such a highlight. And, it, you know, again, back to, like, what makes America great, just the risk-taking. You know, who knows what's going to happen tonight? This could be amazing. This could be mayhem. We just have to find out, wait, and see. <laughs> Oh, it's so true. I I grew up around a lot of guys because fireworks were illegal on Long Island, but I grew up around a lot of guys who had a guy. You know what I'm saying? And uh, oh, got have a guy. Yeah, my well, my next door neighbor was really fascinating. I don't know what his actual occupation was, but he was the guy that could always get you a bootleg copy of a movie when it was in the movies still. You know, if you if you didn't want to pay for cable, he'd climb the telephone pole for a fee and reconfigure the converter so you got free HBO. And the, again, I don't know his official occupation on his tax returns, but the last time I saw him was on July 3rd, 1982. Guy's name was John. I won't out his last name. We were playing wiffle ball. I was up against my buddy Stephen Florio. I was five innings into, at the time, we played seven-inning games. I was five innings into a no-hitter. I'll never forget it. And, and John shows up, okay? He had an old Ford Fairlane, which is a pretty big car, and a good-looking old-school car, uh, comes rumbling down the street, pulls in front of the pitcher's mound, which in suburbia is the curb, you understand? <laughs> the strike zone is in the driveway. It's a folding chair. So, you know, what you consider to be a folding chair is a strike zone in wiffle ball. So I'm towing the rubber, about to get the third out of an inning and move an inch closer to a no-hitter, which is a big deal in wiffle ball in that era. And John pulls up, pops the trunk in this Ford Fairlane, and has, like, government-issued explosives that he calls fireworks. Rockets, mortars, birthday cakes, anything you can think of. He's like, is your dad home? I'm like, no. He's like, I'm in a rush. Grab what you want. I'll get the money off your dad later. And we're like, this is amazing. So we start grabbing, like, heavy artillery, and I'm not kidding. The Nassau County Police Department comes screaming down the street in a cruiser, and my neighbor John hops my fence, runs into the schoolyard, never to be seen again. I'm assuming he was ultimately caught and apprehended, but a tow truck came back and took away his car a little while later. But to my credit, me and Petey Brennan got most of those fireworks before they could be confiscated. Best Fourth of July ever. USA. Oh, that- it's the guy, and it's the guy. There's always a guy. He can do anything you need, and there's one of two things. Either in life he's going to be in jail or he's going to run a major corporation because he can get everything <laughs> done. But it's one way or the other. He's either, he's either going to be in a jail or his father's going to become president of the United States. Either way, you're straight. <laughs> there you go. That's Always, oh, he, only Brian Brenberg could find inspiration in the Hunter Biden story on the 4th of July. That's why we have you on. You're the best. Listen, careful out there. If you run into any kids who look a little iffy, just give them a sparkler. A sparkler is the firework for the slow. You know that? Because they're not going to blow <laughs> anything up. They can write the their name in script. Everybody's going to be fine. <laughs> we'll survive, Jimmy, just like, just like America. We'll survive. That's God the like spirit, Brian Brenberg. Happy 246th birthday, USA. We got South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, Lincoln Fayler. It's an embarrassment of radio riches on the Fox Across America. Fourth of July barbecue radio spectacular. Joining me now on the show, a guy who is considered the greatest kid living in my house, mainly because he's the only one, but the fans love him, and I think he's halfway decent. George from Queens, Lincoln Fowler, joins us at the 4th of July Barbecue Spectacular. Yo, man. What's up? Nothing. We made it out to Los Angeles to celebrate the 4th of July. Pretty rad. Uh, You grew up in a big 4th of July household. 
Uh, is this year sp- particularly rowdy for you now that you just finished eighth grade? Uh, yeah, definitely shooting some fireworks off the roof. <laughs> you know what I think a little bit of the challenges, though, for you? You're in a really interesting pocket, Lincoln, because you're a 13-year-old kid, but you have the height of an NBA power forward. How tall are you? Like 6'4"? Yeah. Yeah, and you're getting taller. The problem you're at now is there's this little sweet spot where if you're a wise guy shooting, po- you know, fireworks, you know, most people, if you're a little kid, will just be like, hey, don't do that, and they leave you alone. But now you're getting to that age and that height where they actually treat you like an adult. You might actually get punched in the head by a cop this year, so you got to play a little defense. Yeah. Or are you telling me you're into that sort of thing? No, I'll shoot off a firework. <laughs> I've, I've seen some strange TikTok videos is all I'm going to say. But, you know, for me, and this is the debate we were having, and we're having this debate today on The Five when I host the 4th of July special on The Five. Okay, the 4th of July barbecue menu, I think, is supposed to be straightforward. It's a burger, dog, chicken drumstick barbecue. Do you see it as that, or are you getting? Are you in favor of this weird stuff people are cooking? You definitely need some mac and cheese with it. I'll give you that. You're a side guy. Well, let me give you some fun facts. Since we're talking about menus, uh, the average American... Okay, (laughs) the actual country on average as a whole is expected to eat 150 million hot dogs over the July 4th holiday. Now, 150 million sounds like a lot, but when you think about it, if 330 million people live here, that's not even like one hot dog a person. Doesn't it almost sound kind of low? Yeah, kind of. What would you say Lincoln Fela's hot dog consumption is on the 4th of July? Maybe two or three with the bun or not. It depends. Now, this is this year's Lincoln that went in, uh, on a diet and lost a lot of weight, or is this last year's Lincoln where you looked like me, which is a before model in every diet ad? Last year. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I don't eat a lot of hot dogs anymore. We don't make them a lot. Yeah, it's true. More burgers. Yeah, we're playing defense in the Fela house, basically because everybody keeps telling me I look fat on TV. Got to get in TV shape, man. Champ's got to get in shape for TV. <laughs> That's true. My son Lincoln Fail is on the line. If you just joined us, we're celebrating America and uh, celebrating some of my own rituals, which, yes, uh, I pretty much have Jenny putting a shock collar around my neck and zapping me every time I go to the fridge so I don't look too fat on TV. Apparently, we need to put a little if more voltage. What would you say? If the collar fits. <laughs> you know what I don't have to take this Lincoln Fela This is a lot of, Come on man Get him out of here Get him out uh, Lincoln Fela We got a lot of partying to do in Los Angeles But I thank you And I thank your agent For giving us a few minutes on the show today Say happy birthday to America Happy birthday America You're the best I'll see you soon Great stuff There he goes The legend Lincoln Fela There we go Back after this, we got Senator Tim Scott on deck right here on Fox Across America. Preparing you for the barbecue. I think I'll put on my cute little sunglasses. Happy 4th of July from Fox Across America. And nobody knows more about that American privilege than our next guest, who is not only a superstar senator from the great state of South Carolina, but he has landed true prosperity as Trey Gowdy's personal hairstylist. Senator (laughs) Tim Scott is here. Hey, man. 
Jimmy, I have a full-time job that it will never go away. I'm thanking God right now that I'm going to be forever Trey Gotti's hairstylist. I have employment forever. It will never go away. There's no term limit on Trey Gotti's hairstylist. <laughs> That's so funny because it's true. You grew up as an Emmett Smith uh, fan. He liked a lot of carries. If you're Trey Gowdy's hairstylist, you're getting 35 carries a game. Absolutely, trust me. And guess what? You always have more than 100 yards during that game because it's a long way to the finish line or to the goal line in this analogy. So, good news. <laughs> Love it. Uh, really quick, because I have so much to get into, and I'm so thrilled to have you back on the show. But is it true that you only agreed to come on today because you thought it was a guest host? <laughs> Jimmy, I told you, I just spoke with Mike. I told Mike, do not tell him. I said, shh. <laughs> the secrets are not safe. Because your team is on your team. None God bless them. I'll never tell them that again. <laughs> it's too funny. Well, here's the thing, man. You know, the, the first time you were on the show, we talked movies, and you worked at a movie theater, and, and, and we, I've loved sharing your story with my listeners because you very much embody everything that's great about the American story. But as we dive into that, I do have to ask you about a very popular American movie right now. Before we get into the substance, uh, have you taken uh, your mom or, or any of your pals to see the new Top Gun movie? Well, Jimmy, I can't lie. So the answer is no, I have not seen it once. Yes, I have seen it twice. It is so good that every single American who believes in the American dream, if you believe in motherhood and apple pie, Top Gun is a movie for you. Bottom line is a simple one. If you want to be inspired and encouraged, if you want to understand the brilliance of America and what American exceptionalism is all about, take a look at Top Gun. Oh, it's so it's so true. Powerful. It's it's, it's worth every penny of that twenty four dollars I paid for a small popcorn. <laughs> Thank God for the South, by the way. We paid seven dollars for matinee. Come on down. Oh, you're killing it down there, Scott. Seven dollars <laughs> wouldn't have got me a bottled water at the oh, IMAX well, you know, I went to. <laughs> times are changing, but they haven't changed completely in the South, and, and only in a good way has the South changed. Thank God. But I will say, uh, Jimmy, have you seen the movie only once, or are you a brave man and you've seen it twice too? Uh, listen, to, in, in the interest of full disclosure, I have only seen it once. Um, oh my goodness! But but I was as fired up as you are. What it took me back to is, you know, when you remember the original, and and, and they do recycle the song "Highway to the Danger Zone" by Kenny Loggins. Absolutely. Is it's like you know when you're watching Rocky and he starts training, you feel yourself shadow boxing in your seat. Yep. I really felt like. It was 1986, and I was flying an F-14 because I loved an F-14, you know? So. Well, we don't want to spoil the movie, but I will say there are some appearances of airplanes and jets and fighter planes that are really important to America's history and, frankly, even an emerging conversation about America's future. So we are really excited about the movie, and we should be. There are so many good things happening around this country, and unfortunately, too little time is spent on those good things. I agree a thousand percent. And, and as a note to add, it's nice to see a plane where nobody's wearing masks. But stick <laughs> exactly. with me. Good night, everybody. Stick with me. <laughs> I love it, Jimmy. <laughs> We're talking to Senator Tim Scott. So much has gone on since the last time we spoke. Obviously, you know, the one frustration I have, and we get into this a lot, is, you know, we're optimistic people. We're bullish on America, okay? We're not there in our politics right now as it pertains no. to the Democratic Party. Do you kind of feel like they're undermining people's self-reliance with all this government dependency they're pushing right now? 
Well, Jimmy, the answer is they're not kind of. They are 100% undermining our whole concept of what it makes us to be an exceptional nation, which is our muscle of work cannot atrophy in this country. And unfortunately, when the government gives out $4 trillion to American families, it's part of the spark that creates the inflationary effect that reduces your spending power is government's overreaction. And that's exactly what the Biden administration has done. Listen, without any question, your spending power is down, and we, and we caused it by spending $4 trillion. That's unbelievable. $4 trillion later, and you cannot afford to put gas in the car because it's up by 100%. $5 a gallon gas is bad for truckers. It's bad for whatever they bring. It's bad for the American family. It's bad for the single mom. It's bad for the two-parent household. It's bad for business. It's bad for consumers. It's really bad. And all of that was caused before, before the Putin invasion of Ukraine. We were already experiencing a 60% increase in the cost of fuel. This administration has caused pain and agony in the poorest sectors of this nation, and that is incredibly Disgraceful. Oh, and I, listen, I agree a thousand percent. We're talking to Senator Tim Scott. The effort to to blame the problem, to assign blame for the problem, has been so much greater than the effort to actually solve the problem. You know, with the gas point you made earlier, you know, some people are saying it would be easier if we all just rode bicycles everywhere. They've obviously never met Joe Biden. Oh, come on. Not a solution. Uh, But stick with me, because I think the point we're both making here is that there's an indifference to the real time suffering of Americans in that we're seeing them leverage their agenda off of this suffering. Hey, we need a green vehicle. Hey, we got to switch to green energy. This is an opportunity. But I don't think anybody sees this moment we're living in as an opportunity so much as they see it as a hardship. So the question I'm going to ask you is, I guess you're not surprised that the Biden administration, obviously, they're not polling well. But specifically as we get into minority groups, I mean, they've lost the minority community, the Latino community completely. Okay, and we're seeing a similar pattern in the black community. Do you think the Democrats are showing indifference to suffering, as I say? What, what, What would you characterize this as? Well, either indifference or confusion both lead to the same conclusion. A drop, a precipitous drop in support from minority communities for the Democratic principles and for the party itself. When you think about the three top issues that voters are going to consider in in November, number one is the economy, number two, inflation, number three, gas prices. Over 80% 80 of American voters have the same position on those three topics. They think the Democrats are the problem. We need to make sure that they understand that we are the solution, not just that the Democrats are the problem. We need to remind them of the good old days from 2016 to 2020, when you could buy gas for under $2 a gallon, when inflation was around 2%, and when your earning power was going up, and it was going up fastest for the bottom 25%. Because when you believe in the American dream, you create policies that reinforce that that dream is available in every single zip code in our country. And the Democrats have lost that. And we need to not capitalize on it, but we need to make sure that we expose the truth 
in every single zip code in America. Gosh, it's so true. You know, and, and it, when you're, you know, gravitating around the 4th of July, you know, one of the whole points of this country was just to get the government out of everybody's life. And I yes. just feel like we're just being so overwhelmed by government. And, you know, one of the key points, one of the, you know, key battlefronts politically in Washington right now is obviously Roe versus Wade. And, you know, the the lie being told here again and again and again is that if, you know, the repeal of Roe versus Wade constitutes the death of democracy, but in fact, it's actually the beginning of democracy because if it returns to the states, everybody has an individual vote, but they're not really framing the conversation that way. They're framing it from this place of extremes. And I, like the rest of the country, was so blown away in that, you know, discussion you were having on Capitol Hill where you had to remind uh, everybody in the room that you come from the very circumstances that the Democrats are encouraging to give up on a pregnancy under. Well, Jimmy, anytime you hear the Secretary of the Treasury suggest that poor women, particularly women of color, should abort the baby so that the labor force participation rate increases, we should all stop, look at the screen, and ask ourselves, did we mistake mistake what we just heard? Did we mistakenly assume that she said exactly what she said? But when she doubles down on what she says, we should take her at her word, and we should be outraged that somehow, some way, 60 million fewer Americans is good for our economy. Yeah. How we come to that conclusion, I'll never know. But that we are so calloused, and frankly, from my perspective, so disrespectful to women living in poverty to suggest that the only way up is out of a pregnancy, that to me is, is cold-hearted. And as a kid who grew up in a single-parent household with a mother who believed that if she could, she should not depend on the government but depend on her own work ethic, I am the beneficiary of that. And I am so thankful, so thankful that she and millions and millions of other mamas continue to make the decision for life. Listen, it, it's so true, man, and I, I agree with you a thousand percent, and I'm just, I'm blown away, because, you know, my story doesn't rival yours in any way, but I am a guy, you know, is kind of making a career in media, and I was a former New York City cab driver for a long time, which is not the conventional path to a nationally syndicated talk show, but, you know, you have to get creative with your job options after your third time driving onto the sidewalk, you know what I'm saying? You gotta get resourceful. I kid. Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta come up with some moves, but, like, I am so blown away by the level of defeatism that were being yes. sold because like if you go back to the Barack Obama presidency and we certainly had our policy disagreements but to his credit he was running on a slogan of yes we can and I think in the modern Democratic Party if he showed up with a yes we can they would tell him to like shut up and check his privilege like who, who is this guy selling empowerment because they're they're not a party of empowerment and aren't you kind of blown away by the fact that they're almost demoralizing voters with this approach well, the good, the, the, there's good news and bad news and all bad news, right? The bad news and bad news is it's bad. And frankly, you think about what the Democrats seem to be selling, especially to the poorest uh, Americans, is this sense of victimhood. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 that's the bad news. The, the good news is there is a better way. 
And frankly, we have lived long enough. If you were alive in 2016 through 2020, you've experienced the lowest unemployment rates for African Americans in the history of the country. You've experienced the lowest poverty rate in the history of the country. You've experienced a 70-year low in unemployment for women. You've experienced the lowest unemployment rate for Hispanics. You've experienced opportunity zones that brought private sector, not government money, but private sector dollars back into the poor zip codes in America. And you've also experienced wages growing faster at the bottom than at the top. You've experienced this sense of empowerment that suggests that you are the captain of, captain of your ship, that you determine your destination. You've experienced good news. You've also experienced American exceptionalism. And whether you're driving a cab in New York City, like the big man himself, Jimmy, or whether you're just little Tim in the Deep South, running a football on the football field in high school and singing the song of Rocky Three, you can hear it, the eye of the tiger. But at the end of the day, we want Americans – to be hopeful, yep. hopeful about their work paying off, not about someone giving you something that you haven't earned, but whatever you do earn, you get to keep. Because in America, we believe in the individual. In America, we believe in a free market system that releases and frees and exposes your greatness to the marketplace. Yep. That's the beauty of America. You drive a cab one day, and you become a nationally syndicated big dog like Jimmy. Or... <laughs> If your if your fortune is not that good, you wind up in the United States Senate like I did. <laughs> but either way, either way, you get to live your dream because this is America. Top Gun tells us dreams come true. Listen, I gave you an amen. The whole choir gave you an amen. The last question, you'll get asked it a million times, but brace yourself. There's so much talk about Trump and DeSantis, but I keep telling people there's a third candidate who could take this thing. My question to you is, do you think Kanye will get in? You know, I got to tell you, Kanye West is a one-time candidate. I think he might try it again. The truth is that whether it's his sneakers or his music, people are attracted to Kanye West. Yep. Don't sleep on Yeezy 2024. That's the official <laughs> remark. I will take Don't sleep it. On Yeezy 2024. Listen, I love it. Everything you told me today tells me that you're going to have a heck of a Fourth of July party. You sound like a good guy to hang out with on the Fourth of July. Is that true? Yes, sir. We always celebrate America, and we celebrate independence, and today we celebrate Jimmy. Hey, I'll take it. All right, rock and roll, Tim Scott. Great hang. Uh, I hope you get some royalties for that Top Gun recommendation. <laughs> that was a strong sell. I'll talk well, to I the can't. Man. By the way, we can't get any royalties. Oh, that's true. No all right, well, in that case, if I could just get a free popcorn. To a nonprofit. Well, I'll take the free popcorn if it's coming. You're the man. I'll, I'll yes, see sir. you soon. Take you man. There he Come. goes. The legendary South Carolina Senator Tim Scott. Nothing much to add, but happy birthday, America, the greatest source of good, the world has ever known the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet today remember that as you set off your fireworks you eat your hot dogs your drumsticks all meat options i don't want any vegan crap on my grill eat it on your own time it's america's birthday and we're doing it old school like the founding fathers so blow out the candles america you sexy thing you look like a million bucks From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you sort of live from the greatest country in the world. It's the 4th of July. We're celebrating America. It is 246 years old. I myself, as you listen to this, out on the West Coast, getting ready to star in a 4th of July episode of The Five. You will see me tonight as well on the 4th of July fireworks special. 
But right now, I am here with you on this 4th of July best of, and we're about to be joined by one of my favorite people in the history of elected office in this country. We're talking about none other than Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek, who is just a human happy hour on this show and a brilliant lawmaker at that. And if we could, in fact, find a way to clone Kat Kamek, give me like 100 Kat Kameks, I'd be down. The only real problem is I don't think America could pay the bar tab. This could be a problem. Big problem. You think we're in debt now? Go out for a night on the time with Kat Kamek and get back to me. It's a mess, and it is my honor to show you why with this here interview. Nice to see you. <laughs> it's so good to see you. So, Kat, uh, for everybody listening uh, on 100 stations around the world, uh, the Fox News app, or wherever you might be watching us on Fox News, Kat is here uh, in studio. This is kind of our radio sleepless in Seattle because mm. we have talked over the phone several times. Yes. Uh, but our in-person meeting, not quite the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> uh, it actually, based on the decor <laughs> of my studio, looks like we met inside a van that would promise you candy. Yes, it is, it is a little bit um, pedophile-ish. Um, I feel like we belong in maybe maybe like the the basement co uh, comic book stores. You know, I don't know. This is the deal. Do you drive a white van? I do, not anymore. Uh, there's a, it was a licensing issue uh, more than anything else. Uh, but no, these you I will have you know this studio is adorned with the toys of my youth. That's why oh, there's like a Millennium see, Falcon and a He-Man and a, all kinds of stuff going on over here, Cat Kamek. And Ugh. basically, what I was trying to do for people walking into this show who take a little life a little more seriously than you do was remind them to chill out. Like, the guy's got his toys on the desk. <laughs> you don't have to come in here and run talking points. You could just be a person. And one of the reasons I was like so excited it. to have you on is you are a real person. Uh, you, I do consider you like a real person, like when I talk to you. Well, I that's what they tell me. Yeah, as, at, at HR. At HR. <laughs> like I'm a, allowed. It's a little too real, Kamek. <laughs> We're a little concerned over here. Roll but, it in. Keep, but, keep it in check. But no, as a superstar congressional representative, uh, Congresswoman, um, uh, there are a lot of issues facing this country, mm -hmm. and I thought it would benefit if you and I kind of led the nation through a grown-up talk about a series of issues. But before we get into all of that, Kat Kamek, I have to know, you are here in New York because you were launching what today? Ooh, so... I was here this morning launching our new leadership pack called American Grit. Okay. With the intention and goal of electing the next class of members of Congress Whoa. that are blue-collar, everyday mm -hmm. Americans. They've worked real jobs. Mm -hmm. I like to say that while I'm impressed with Ivy League degrees, I am more impressed with degrees from, like, you know, the University of Hard Knocks or a Votech degree or, right. you know, people who have personality and experience and have experienced adversity in their life. There That's you what go. we're looking for. Whoa! Holy... So I was saying to you off the air, I would kind of fit that description were it not for the background check, but you said... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Congress. There are no background checks. I'm, have you seen who's serving? <laughs> like Jimbo, just... Congress is the plaque on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor. Just come on down. We'll oh, be here. If you have a pulse. Yeah, that, well, that's brave basically the requirement these well, days. Well, that's really funny. Well, I wanted to say this really, really quickly. Um, the roles have been reversed in Washington because the Republican Party kind of is the party of the working class now, which is weird. Not kind of. We uh, are. No, no, no yeah. question. But, yeah. but you know, that wasn't always the narrative. But as a guy, again, who did drive a taxi for a long time and will probably be driving one again soon based on how this interview is going. Oh, uh, yeah. I kid, Cat Cam. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. 
Okay. Uh, I can tell you every one of, like, my grassroots pals now kind of in this moment where, like, gas prices are through the roof, mm -hmm. they do feel, like, ignored. Like, they're getting yelled at. Like, yeah. oh, I'll buy an electric car. Oh, just be mad at Putin. You're like, yeah, none of those two things pay for today's $5.19 gallon of gas. So the fact that you actually have invested in the working man, the working woman, the working day, the working them, I think is greatly appreciated. Do you feel that appreciation coming back, or is this the beginnings of the revolution? Now, I feel like we're somewhat in it already. I mean, okay. it's pretty clear that Republicans largely are the party of the working class, right? If you are a Wall Street guy or gal, if you are somehow politically connected and, you know, belong to a country club, you you probably are a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. And, I mean, for me, I'm married to a firefighter. I'm a third-generation commercial sandblaster. People don't grow up and say, ooh, that's a sexy, I want to be a, a freaking sandblaster. I mean, <laughs> no one signs up for that. You've reached 970 sandblaster. <laughs> What are you wearing? A mask. <laughs> Protective gear. Can you talk slower? Continue. So we're going after these types of people, including your 900 uh, work. Nine, uh, yeah, I mean, they're working class people, too. They, hey, man, you got to work hard for your money. And uh, no judgment here. But, well, you know, these are the people that are impacted most by big government. Yes. We're the ones that are actually filling up our own gas tanks. If you are in government for the last 40 years, like Biden or Pelosi, you haven't filled up your own gas tank in decades. No, no way. It's really easy to talk about these policies from the safety and comfort of armored vehicles, but when you actually are out there picking up groceries, trying to get your kids to school, and participate in after-school sports, make ends meet, if you're, heaven forbid, on a fixed income, you're really getting squeezed. Yep. People just have... They've lost faith in the big government ideals that the Democrats have, and that's where conservatives have come in and said, listen... We are you, mm -hmm. and we are going to put policies in place that empower you, that make life better for you by getting government out of your way. It Whoa. really is that simple. Whoa, and the crowd goes wild. No, people <laughs> are behind it. Representative Kat Kamek is in studio. If you just joined us, we're doing a full hour. Like, this is a grown-up radio hit right here. Oh, This is not, you know, call into the show, couple of yucks, I'm out of here. Two go in, only one comes out. <laughs> only one's getting out a lot. <laughs> now, as a third-generation sandblaster, like, yes. you grew up in what? Like, just because I want to give you some background so everybody understands like i grew up on long island in levittown mm -hmm. it was the biggest post-world war ii settlement for american gis returning home from war it was the greatest generation i did not know america that. was kind of the first suburb yeah. uh I, william uh, levitt uh who built it um and we grew up around a lot of veterans uh a lot i grew up around a lot of old men you should never make a sudden move around <laughs> you get like knocked out in the backyard so that's what happened to your face well there's that yeah cat Kamek <laughs> taking shots with the champ i love it no i love it i usually pay a lot of money for this kind of talk that's the one thing I keep saying about the gas tank. Uh, the gas station has become like a thinly veiled dominatrix. It takes all your money. It makes you feel terrible. Ugh. It's like you don't have to go on Craigslist anymore. You can just go over to Exxon and get yelled there at by go. Mrs. 93 just, Octane. Yeah, and you keep coming back. But I <laughs> Do you ever? But I, So I grew up in that environment in Levittown, which is like very patriotic. Yes. Okay, I'm 44. Yes. So I grew up in, in a version of America that was America. Like everybody was in on the yeah. joke. Hey, we're in America. We're like so lucky. Like mm -hmm. we really are. And it was like an amazing thing. And You had my, flags out front that, of every house. Everywhere. Yes. Now that's considered like aggressive, which is, yes. we'll get into it. But it's funny, in 1986, they had unveiled the new refurbished Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. And it was like the biggest thing that happened to us in fourth 
grade. Four was a big year for me, fourth grade. It was a happening year. They unveiled Lady Liberty, uh, which was funny because she had scaffolding around her for two years, mm -hmm. you know? So it was weird that all of those construction men who whistled at women were now, like, on this giant woman for, like, two years. <laughs> but then they took down the scaffolding, and we had the Statue of Liberty, and we were like, yeah! Like, we were into it. Reagan showed up. He spoke. So, like, I was... I this grew is up, America. Yes. I grew up on, like, yes. maximum strength America. Not not America. 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 Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. This is Fox Across America. We exactly. got an apostrophe in there. <laughs> so, did you grow up in this, or did you, like, find Jesus later in the service? Like, what are you... What is your situation? So, it, it was actually interesting. I tell people all the time, you know, my mom actually was a Democrat. Okay. I uh, grew up daughter of a single mom, mm -hmm. but my mom was never overtly political. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. we were too busy, you know... <laughs> doing things and running a business and trying to survive, you know? Fanciest euphemism for day drinking I've ever heard, but continue. <laughs> no, we were doing things. We were doing things. Wow. <laughs> Don't judge me. Um, no, the, you know, when you're growing up, we grew up on a small cattle ranch. I was a 4-H kid, but, you know, we didn't have a lot of money or anything. We were, you know, lower, lower middle class. And, okay. you know, so we just knew what it was to work. I took my first steps as a kid, literally as a baby, mm -hmm. on a job site. Wow. And, you know, I spent my my youth on the weekends and and after school, you know, helping my mom on job sites, whether it was sandblasting uh, a, on a big portable job like a, a graffiti wall or mm -hmm. a stadium, or the smaller jobs where we were literally sandblasting uh, antique cars. Wow. You know, those were the things that I grew up doing. Real but life. When you're in the process of running a business, a small business, you don't realize it, but you're naturally being conditioned to dislike government. So EPA and OSHA and DOL, these inspectors are constantly coming in. I'm filling out quarterly tax documents, you know, as a, as a young teenager. I'm starting to get involved in the business and understand that none of the things that government has put in place is designed to make workers safer, mm -hmm. customers safer or happier. It's all just burdensome red tape. And so I was naturally being conditioned to be a conservative. Mm -hmm. But it really came to a head in April of 2011. Mm -hmm. We got a phone call. I'm in the last year of my college experience, first of my family to go to college. And we find out that we are losing our ranch, our oh, home. Man. We had 23 days to evict, and at the time, you know, you didn't. We didn't have anything. You know, it was the the market had crashed. Everything was terrible. We're we're broke, as you can imagine, like just broke, broke, broke. We put everything we owned into horse trailers, and I had enough money for one night at La Quinta on the Whoa. side of the highway. Hey, nobody likes a show off, pal. I know, Hold I know, I know. We live in fancy now. <laughs> and um, after that, I moved my mom and I into an extended stay motel that uh -huh. was pay by the week, mm -hmm. which I believe at the time it was one hundred and twenty. Seven or $129 a week. Wow. So you can imagine we were living large. <laughs> balling. Right? Balling <laughs> Absolutely balling at the crack house. Um, <laughs> and you're homeless. And I started doing my homework, like trying to understand what the hell happened. Mm -hmm. And it came out that there had been a piece of legislation in Washington, 1,800-page bill. Republicans and Democrats had voted for it, but not a single one of them had bothered to read it. Because uh -huh. if they had, they would have seen that the language actually incentivized the big banks oh, wow. to push people out of their homes because they were going to get a tax credit for the interest on the loan. So why in the heck would any bank wait 30 years to get the completion of the loan they were getting no paid, they were getting it then okay oh, that's, yeah. that's insanity but that is again the government that's government showing uh just a brazen indifference to the little person which in this case was you cat kamek who is in studio right now here on fox across america and jimmy is terrified i'm not i'm not i'm actually okay listen you understand cat <laughs> i have like 
I've met people from other planets. I mean, I'm a cab driver. I've seen things, <laughs> hobbits, anything you can think of. Do you know I once drove a woman to Brooklyn who talked to me with a sock puppet on each hand for a 30-minute ride? I would have loved to have been in that car. <laughs> in, in weird ways, I feel like you were. <laughs> like, I was okay. the woman with the I thought the you looked sock familiar, Kamek. <laughs> yeah, that's what you were doing back then. That was Bertha and Beulah, okay, if you remember <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and have you denigrate them. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, do you get in trouble for using the wrong pronouns for sock puppets? I mean, what a dumb time to be alive. Uh, but we're going to straighten it out. Kat Kamek's in studio. We're back with more after this on Fox Across America. Preparing you for the barbecue. I think I'll put on my cute little sunglasses. Happy 4th of July from Fox Across America. If you're having trouble sleeping, ask your doctor about Bidenica, the sleep aid made from 100% Joe Biden press conference. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway... Bidenica has a patented blend of confusion and forgetfulness that will calm the most overactive brains. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, it's taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's, I mean, you think about it. When they sold out American jobs and killed the Keystone Pipeline, it kept me up all night worrying about how we pay our bills. But then I got Bidenica, and I've never slept better. Sometimes when I get hopped up on sugar, my parents give me Bidenica so I pass out. Other times they give it to me during the day, probably so they can do the deed. Gross. Warning. People who have used Bidenica have experienced rapid lying and an inability to secure the southern border. Others have hallucinated and fought breakfast cereals. Corn Pop was a bad dude. Ask your doctor if Bidenica is right for you. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, the Bidenica flying off shelves. Uh, Kat Kamek in studio. That's the top line thought as we come back from break. Okay, uh, <laughs> Corn Pop. <laughs> the corn pop of politics. She is a, a bad woman. She is not messing around. Uh, obviously, that sketch I wrote is fictitious. Um, but I do believe Joe Biden press conferences could work as a sleep aid on some level. Do you not? Oh, 100%. I mean, he even uh, he's the best salesman for the product, right? <laughs> I mean, doesn't he fall asleep in his own meetings? That's what they say. And it's crazy. So I wanted to ask you this in Washington. Because mm -hmm. as an outsider, we're always joking. Like, oh, he's a little bit out of it. He's not really in charge. Is there like a prevailing sentiment around town that people don't really think he's on top of this and somebody else? Like, what is the, what is the, what's what's the word on the street, Kat Kamek? Uh, it's the worst kept secret in Washington. Really? He's though? not all there. Really? Oh, my gosh. I've talked to some of my Democratic colleagues and they're like, yeah, no, um, we, we don't go over to the White House anymore. We're not invited because we just, you know, um, it, 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 there's been bad experiences. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, no. no, pray tell, tell me more. Stop, tell me more. And they say, well, you know, um, he's heavily managed by by White House staff. And, you know, sometimes he'll get kind of lost. And uh, there was actually a Democrat. I won't name who it is, but mm -hmm. there was a Democrat colleague of mine who came back from a White House signing of a bill mm -hmm. and said, he forgot halfway through the signature of the bill what was going on, got a little glassy-eyed and confused, and they rushed everybody out. Oh, my goodness, no. Yes. This yes. is crazy talk. I know. I'm not giving much com comfort to the world right now. <laughs> no, I, but I, I, no, but I, I say this all the time. Like I say, like, Joe Biden is the only person you know 
who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. (laughs) Come on, man. He's he's sending in the punt team on second down. (laughs) And in any other generation, you take away the car keys. Ours gave him the nuclear codes, and it's a mess. And the reason I bring it up is obviously we can laugh about it, but I don't think world leaders Mm -hmm. take their cues from, like, liberal media shielding this fact, mm-hmm. or, as you said, a heavily choreographed White House staff yes. that creates the appearance that there's, you know, someone running this thing. Yeah. Okay? And that's what I think is our biggest problem in terms of foreign policy is I don't really think we're respected the way we used to be because he's in a frail condition. Do you think that influences, like, Vladimir Putin's behavior <laughs> Xi Jinping? No, it's not. I think I know. You do know, yeah. Uh, our, our credibility has been compromised wholeheartedly. And you look at what's happened. I mean, the intelligence community, with everything that's happened now so much of this is forward-facing information Mm -hmm. we knew i mean i'm on the homeland security committee we knew about this months ago Mm -hmm. i mean the intelligence community had it down to the week of the invasion so there's no one who can say with a straight face that this was a surprise or that there was there was no way that we could have known what was coming Mm -hmm. but when you have a guy who stumbles and mumbles through every single interview gets excitable and angry when pushed back or questioned from you know left field Mm -hmm. It's clear that he is going to be a weak leader, and we needed someone like Trump, who had the strong personality, who was not going to take any crap. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, of the projection of strength, and that's how you achieve peace. Well, it's funny because a lot of people say, like, I wish we had Trump. I wish at this point we had Barron Trump. You know what I mean? I would take any Trump. I mean, the kid played Call of Duty. He's a teenage boy. He probably knows foreign policy better than Biden. Like, my son and the kids playing Fortnite could solve this in a second. That is that is my—you know how much Fortnite my son Lincoln Fela played during the lockdown? Like, he didn't even know there was a lockdown until, like, the third month. He's like, you guys have been home the whole time? What's been was, happening? He came upstairs. He was shocked to see us. I was like, yeah, Lincoln. And I think, I think that's the big concern is I think what happened, and this is where I try to explain to people on the left that the media fails them, too. Yeah. is the media's job is to hold people in power accountable. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can get into this in the next break because we only got 20 seconds to go. And I love it. But, but the, by not holding him accountable during the campaign process, I think he seduced this administration into thinking they would never be subjected to scrutiny. Mm-hmm. And now they are. And it's not, I don't know if you heard Kat Kamek, but it's not exactly going the best. Uh, <laughs> it's not going great. We'll get into it in the next break. Kat Kamek is in the house for the full hour. I sound like Larry <laughs> King. I got my suspenders on when we come back on Fox Across America. This whole plane is packed, I'm in the last row They're screaming right beside the door Some guy won't wear a mask so we can't fly Says they're wrong for making him put it on The whole plane's waiting to get airborne Somebody swings and pops him in the Into your knee, hold me in a headlock, don't let go. I'm bleeding on a jet plane, don't know when we all went insane. Oh, babe, can't feel my nose. I'm bleeding on a jet plane, don't know. Oh, babe, they ripped my clothes. 
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Kat Kamek, superstar from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida, joining me in studio. Kat Kamek, <laughs> how is the federal mask mandate still a thing on planes? Do they just like that song I wrote? Uh, Why is it a thing? It's a number one hit on the... Uh, <laughs> hey, hey! In more ways than one! <laughs> Look at that! But it, there it is. Yes. Um, but I, I really want to ask you this, because I know we both you know, do a fair amount of flying. Mm-hmm. I'm really wondering if there is just a genuine interest, like has it become a sport? Because there have been so many brawls on planes. Yeah. You could make a, a Brad Pitt spinoff called Flight Club, <laughs> where people just fly coach to get their head rammed into a window. You know, I love it's it. crazy. I love it. But no, the problem the problem mm. is is that there's not enough one snakes on planes. You know, I'm thinking of all the great movies dealing with <laughs> uh-huh. planes and situations. Um, no, it, it's absolutely again no sense whatsoever. It doesn't follow science. The planes were actually the safest, yes! probably. They uh-huh. had these crazy filters that they, they mandated right out the gate. And so it makes no sense. They're not following any of the science, but this was, of course, never about the science. Well, well, right? this, well this is what I wanted to ask you, because that's always our criticism, yeah. again, outside of Washington, mm-hmm. is we always say, you know, these unelected bureaucrats that run things... Mm-hmm. You know, they live in basements in Washington. They do, yeah, like, I don't understand. So how is this whole country, it's like in the movie Casino, right? In the oh, movie De Niro, right. which is a great movie, right? Great movie. But in the movie Casino, which, by the way, Sharon Stone carries the whole film. I, I love Casino, but her role in that, she's so phenomenal. If we can get into this on the, on the side, let's We need focused. to do a whole segment on just on movies. We're just going to do movies. Uh, movie talk with Jimmy and Kat. Okay. But in the movie Casino, they always have the, this fictitious organization running their casinos called Can- the, like Kansas City. Well, they're not happy in Kansas City. <laughs> Like, our our country has a Kansas City, but it's 100%. the basement. It's the basement. But they're not happy in the basement. In capital, in our in our yeah. nation's capital. That's exactly it, 100%. And, but and when they make rules like this, okay, because the, to give an example, the, fe- the federal mask mandate where we started, like you said, there is no scientific basis for this. Mm-hmm. An argument could be made that the masks are now making these flights more dangerous. The stat on this, because we cover it every month and gratuitously play that song that I wrote, <laughs> is there have been 474 mask-related fights so far this year on planes. So isn't it simple that, you know, couldn't we simply declare that the mask is doing more harm than good at this point? I think that's the common sense logical assumption that can be made. But I also add that they stopped they stopped the alcohol yeah. on the planes, that right? That and matters. that matters. That makes a difference because for anyone who is a drinker, I mean, it, that's supposed to calm you down, right? Bring you down a notch. I have a theory on why this isn't working. Uh, Are you ready for this? I'm ready. The fact that they did stop alcohol has turned it into a college football game where mm. people are now getting all their drinking in before they get into the stadium. <laughs> so people yes. are jumping on the plane at a nine yes. when they should jump on it at a two. So you're getting more exposure to weapons-grade intoxication. <laughs> Time was if a guy got on a plane sober and drank his way drunk you had like 15 minutes with a drunk guy before you landed now the guy's drunk as you're walking around telling him to wear a mask he doesn't want to wear exactly and we've both seen two versions of this most um flight attendants did not sign up to be a hall monitor and they've been put in a very unfortunate position yes but at the same time we all know a few that have oh man that, they thrive on it yes you've seen Woo! it right they walk around someone walked woke up my kid he's 13 he was sleeping <laughs> it's like he's got to put a mask on I'm over like, his nose now i know i'm like I'm like, can you put out a cigarette on me too? I'm like, what are you getting out of this? This is terrible. 
Now, Jimmy, we know that you like this kind of abuse, but I truly agree with you. There are a few that we have come across that it is, it's a little uncomfy how, yeah. how much they're into it. Mm-hmm. And then they really get into the sauntering up and down the aisle, you know, <laughs> double checking to well, make sure that it hasn't slipped beneath your nose. Well, now this is why I bring this up and you're spot on with this assessment is because people, if people on the most basic scale can get corrupted by this power, mm-hmm. I can't even fathom what the basement people you've described, the basement bureaucrats, <laughs> how carried away they get. Because like over the weekend, I don't know if you saw this, but the irrelevance is, is it's killed Fauci. You know, Fauci was happening. Uh, he was throwing out first pitches. He was doing a lot of media hit. Fauci likes... He was on Vogue. He likes hair and makeup. Like, he likes. He likes get, He likes the attention. He likes doing the stuff. And Ukraine has kind of rendered him irrelevant. So he's out there talking right now about more vaccines and more just throwing stuff out there. Uh, you know, like when a woman's leaving, so you start making big promises. <laughs> Baby, we were going to go to space, girl. Where you going? <laughs> Baby, come back. That is Fauci. He's like desperate. He's watching the girl pack the suitcase and leave. Yes. But do you think there's a part of him that really did get not not drunk on power like plastered on power drunk on power is you slur in your speech plastered is you're on the bar with no shirt on did uh, fauci get plastered on power uh, fauci was living his best life he was he realized his best life was being the the curmudgeon in control mm-hmm. and just throwing these random facts out that weren't really facts they just kind of were things that fit his narrative right mm-hmm. he loved being on the magazine cover he, he loved being behind the podium mm-hmm. it was a power trip for him right mm-hmm. and you're right Everything happening in the news has pulled away, and the American people have pulled away. But the scary part, and I think I think you re- you and I, we relate to this, because we came from a totally different world than the political elites, right? Mm-hmm. How quickly people complied. Mm-hmm. They complied. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's crazy because the Democrat agenda, in my opinion, is big government. You create a bunch of victims, and then you make them dependent on big government. So that you can then maintain control. It's just an agenda of dependency and control. And what better way than to scare people to death? And uh, to this day, I still come across some Karens that will yell at you in a parking lot 40 feet away. You're killing people. I'm like, lady, I'm in a parking lot. We're outside. Like, you're nuts. Like, your attitude is going to kill you. (laughs) I had that in the airport. This woman was yelling at a bunch of us for not wearing masks. And I go, ma'am, you don't understand. We're flying Spirit Airlines. We want to (laughs) die. And they're going to charge you $10 to wear that mask. They're going to charge you $10 for not registering to die before the flight. They're like, I'm sorry. Uh, You got to register online or it's 20 at the gate if you're going to die here. Um, Bless Spirit Airlines. God love them. Cat Kamek is in the house from the great state of Florida. I want to compliment you on something. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, March the 17th, that was St. Patrick's Day. We were mm. on the air. Mm-hmm. I saw you post online, and I just love the move so much. It's you and your staff having your shamrock shakes for St. Patrick's Day. Right? Yes. Which to the untrained eye is like, oh, they're doing the Irish thing. But I know that as you got that picture posted, and the minute it got posted, everybody tapped a Guinness keg. <laughs> but you threw everyone in Washington <laughs> off the scent. You see, I see through things. And I saw how pronounced it was. Because, <laughs> yeah. again, anyone could wear, like, a green hat or here's my whole staff dressed like leprechauns. We're Irish people. <laughs> but the fact that you physically got a drink to highlight, well, clearly they're not drinking anything else. <laughs> Well played. That's Listen, I got to give a shout out to our our comms team and Adeline, who's in studio with us today. She is as Irish as it gets. I mean, honestly, look at her. She's got the red hair and everything <laughs> to go with it. She arranged all that. There may have been Bailey's involved. There it but is. The question they then becomes, right? And, and it's, mm-hmm. you mentioned Guinness. Mm. I have a question for you, Jimmy. Mm. Is Guinness a light beer? In theory, no. 
but why do you say that it is? Because it's only 4.4%. Oh, that's why you say it's light, because it doesn't have enough... That well, because if you drink a Guinness, it's a loaf of bread. I mean, it's, it's heavy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Apparently, there is a particular way that you have to drink it so that you get underneath the head of foam. Okay. But this has been a heavily debated issue in Congress here in the last week because you know we don't have pressing matters to attend to, like no, you know Afghanistan, Ukraine, no, no, border no. crisis. But nothing. more importantly, there's a <laughs> pint of Guinness over there. How do we get to the bottom of it, Cat Kamek? Oh, that's fascinating. No, I wanted yes. to commend you on the strategy. That is all. Because but um, he's commending our drinking habits, ladies and gentlemen. No, I wasn't. I, I just, <laughs> I, I'm so good at radio segues that I out myself for being good at them. I wanted to get into substance because I wanted to talk serious about fentanyl because it's something that's been a hallmark of what you're doing mm. and drawing attention to it. You were the one who came on my show mm -hmm. and told me that fentanyl was the leading killer uh, for people between the ages of 18 and 45. Ooh, good memory. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. And the fact that it's as prevalent in our society as it is, mm -hmm. but it does kind of go unchecked in that there's not a lot of discussion about it outside of people like yourself and people who are prioritizing the border. Isn't that kind of like a basic dereliction of duty when it comes to what we're doing at the border right now? Well, Jimmy, if you're a Democrat, you don't want to actually deal with the real issues and the facts. And the fact of the matter is, is that, yeah, as you said, between 18 and 45, this is the number one killer. It's not climate change. It's not COVID. It is fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And you know, my husband is a first responder. He's a firefighter, SWAT medic. He goes to these calls all day, every day. And it's happening in every single neighborhood in America. And it's coming from our Southwest border. That's mm -hmm. where it is. And I saw it firsthand. I got to tell you the story. We were in Texas mm -hmm. and I took my sheriffs who are a bunch of crazy Southerners, right? And I love them. God bless them. Good Man, they, they rolled in hot with, mm -hmm. with firearms and cowboy hats and I mean, it was it was North Florida in the house <laughs> and they roll up to the border with me because they I wanted them to see firsthand really the crisis playing out, the humanitarian crisis, the public health crisis, the national security crisis. And one of my sheriffs, his name's Billy Woods from Marion County. He pulls up this picture on his phone and he shows it to the Homeland Security investigator agent and says, this was a brick of fentanyl that is enough fentanyl to kill every man, woman and child in the state of Florida oh seven times over. And he says, there's a stamp on here that we cannot figure out. She took one look at it and said, that's a border cartel stamp. That came from right here, this sector, McAllen, Texas. Get out of here. That's where they moved their product through. And it was the stamp of the cartel because they're proud of their dress. It's a product, right? Uh -huh. And that made its way from our southwest border with the raw materials coming in from China, made it all its way into Marion County, Florida, Sheesh. horse country. And from there, it was going to get distributed throughout the community. Mm -hmm. Now, think about this. As this product is coming across the border, it's getting more valuable, which makes it more dangerous for all of our first responders. They're dealing with this. They're dealing with violent criminals. And the cartels are quite literally contracting, subcontracting with American gangs to move their product. That's insane. And people wonder why I'm so angry about the defund police movement. It's, mm -hmm. it's ludicrous. These mm -hmm. are the people on the front lines. You can't defend your hometowns if you can't defend the homeland. That's a good point. But and, that's that's what's killing us is the fentanyl. But 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 I mean I think we could both agree that they're only moving this fentanyl into our country because of climate change. <laughs> does anyone God take, bless you. Does anyone take does anyone in Washington before we go to break, does anyone in Washington take Kamala Harris seriously? No. Not like literally no one. No, like literally no one. I I, I even have Democrat staffers that that tell me, like, we can't, please just put her in a basement somewhere in, in wow. Washington. <laughs> According to you, all the basements are filled, uh, so we got to find something <laughs> With else. With a whole lot of bureaucrats. They're sending her on the road. Kat Kamek <laughs> is not on the road. She is here, and she will be with us after this.
The show you can always count on to do the job. A three-letter word. Jobs. J-O-B-S. Jobs. Happy Fourth of July from Fox Across America. Introducing Woke Rock, the gender-neutral album that's got everyone coming to terms. Uptown person, they've been living in their uptown world. I bet they never had a backstreet partner. Twelve inclusive anthems everyone can live by. So good, it's dangerous. Oh, here they come. Watch out, Zir, they'll chew you up. Oh, here they come. They're a damn eater. Woke Rock. Available on college campuses and corporate boardrooms everywhere. Your birthing person don't dance and your parent don't rock and roll. We've never sold a copy, but we identify as number one on the charts. Oh, do they ever. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, Kat Kamek in the house from the 3rd Congressional District of Florida. Fastest hour of my life, by the way. Hi. Uh, we're playing Woke Rock, which isn't exactly flying off shelves. i got to be honest. We don't sell a lot of copies of that one. You know, Billy Joel is, you know, he's going to have words with you out on the street. Uptown pretty soon. person. Uptown person. At one point, that was Christy Brinkley, <laughs> who's now just uptown person. Sorry, that's all you get, hon. You know, I forgot to ask you, what are your pronouns? What, what do you associate with, Jimmy? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and I don't even know. I don't even know, Kat Kamek. I don't even know anymore. But I, I wanted to ask you about this. There's a big, uh, it, there's a big thing going on in your state of Florida, where people want to teach sexual education and sexual gender identity to little kids. This is just me talking to you as a parent. Mm -hmm. um, I would not let anyone babysit my kid who wanted to teach them sex ed while I was out of the house. Now, obviously, school Fair. is not babysitting. But to some extent, the idea that these kids aren't intellectually developed enough to consent to such activity tells me they shouldn't be taught about it. But I think we have a hard time having honest conversations because they're branding this as something other than it is. Florida, to the best of my recollection, has not banned gay people, have they? <laughs> uh, absolutely not. In fact, we are a very friendly, welcoming, inclusive state. Uh, but, you know. All that being said, the craziness around this particular piece of legislation, it's a mm. state bill, uh, the, the sponsor of it, Representative Joe Harding, he's a friend of mine, he sent me the bill. Mm -hmm. It's seven pages. Oh, I read it. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, uh, you can read. Stop. You get out of here. You know what? Get, listen, Stop Kat it. Kamek, we've been having a nice time, and I don't mean to do this to you, but here it comes. Uh, get her out. <laughs> get her out of here. They threw the hook. <laughs> Wait, go ahead. So anyways, we have seven pages. Nowhere in this legislation does it say anything that the, the media has made it out to be. Not uh -huh. one thing. And, of course, you have Ron DeSantis who gets in front of, of the, the press corps, and they start hammering him on it. He's like, where in the bill does it say that? Yeah. Nowhere. Mm -hmm. This is simply about saying we do not want our kids uh -huh. in kindergarten through third grade to be discussing sex. Fair. I don't think any parent wants their kids having that conversation Especially at that age. Definitely. I mean, this is what is so crazy well, is the, the left has gone absolutely bonkers. Yep. And you, you said it a little bit, you know, it's not babysitting. But if you talk to some teachers today, given mm -hmm. all the the requirements and rules and everything that's put on them these days, mm -hmm. they feel like they're glorified babysitters, yeah. which is really, really sad because there's so many incredible, wonderful educators out there. Mm -hmm. And if we just let them do their job and stop forcing this agenda mm -hmm. of wokeism on them yeah 
and the kids? Imagine. Imagine. Well, the point is, and I was going to make this, is that, you know, the Republican Party's on the right side of this one. Yes. Um, and I hope there was a lesson learned maybe from the Virginia statewide elections where Glenn Young could ran on local issues yeah. and actually prioritize the substance of people's lives. Because if the Republican issues. Party does that, Kat Kamek, yeah. we're actually going to have a country again someday. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Woo! Um, no, you know, it's it's kitchen table issues. Thank and you. I tell people all the time, what issues are you talking about at the kitchen table at night? Mm -hmm. That's what you need to talk about as a leader. Thank you. And there's no one sitting there right now where they're like, wow, inflation's at a 40-year high. You know, we've got to turn tricks to buy a gallon of gas. But more importantly, <laughs> do the kindergartners know about sex? Because it's about, to, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like we're fighting the wrong battles. I'm telling you folks, what a country we're living in, man. Uh, this celebration will continue in the next hour. Ted Nugent going to join us from Ted Quarters. We will also hear from Alex Hogan, who returned from covering the war in Ukraine and dealt us in on all of the insanity she saw. Uh, it fit right in with all the nuts on this show, but we'll talk about it in the next hour right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. We are celebrating the 246th birthday of the US&A, the greatest country in the world, the greatest source of good the world has ever known, the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet, a society you are very fortunate to be a part of today and every day. And nobody knows better than our first guest who was in Ukraine covering the war covering Putin's invasion and the fallout and the humanitarian crisis that ensued. It is a high honor to have her in my studio. Alex Hogan joins us now. I mean, haven't you seen enough chaos without having to come to New York? <laughs> You're just addicted now. It is a different city coming, but it feels great to be well, back in New York. Well, it's, it's just busy yeah. constantly, the city that never sleeps. It's great. If you like the energy of New York, it's mm -hmm. amazing. Yes. But my favorite thing about being in New York is there's two types of drivers, okay, that I'm, I'm fascinated with. There's a guy who used to drive a cab. You can always look at a crowded intersection and see a guy who's driving in New York for the first time because he's very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. He's like, what's going on? There's too much chaos, sensory overload. Stopping but, for yes. everyone trying to cross yeah. the street. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> They're not doing that thing where if you want to be a good driver in New York, you have to actively try to commit vehicular homicide <laughs> because that's the rhythm of the road. You know, and I, I can tell you this as a cab driver that if I didn't run a red light, I would have gotten rear-ended by a cop <laughs> because they expected you to, and they weren't going to pull you over for it. You have to know the culture of driving here. It is a weird place for mm -hmm. sure, but unlike other places I've been to, if you've ever been to cities in Vietnam, Hanoi, places like that, you have to trust that they are not going to hit you as yeah. a pedestrian you just walk right out into the middle of traffic and trust and if you stop <laughs> and if you doubt you will get hit a very different city well, there's a, you know we always use the term hope is not a strategy but apparently in some places <laughs> it is apparently in some places it is well I, I always like the guy driving to new york for the first time there's also a guy if you look closely next time you see traffic you'll spot a guy who's driving in new york for the last time. Yes, And that will. guy's a great guy because he's very animated. He's got a lot to say to the people in the car. Yes. It was your idea to come into a play. And now he's yelling at his wife. And you know they're leaving New York and it's not been a good night. 
<laughs> never, ever, ever. <laughs> and when they get out of the garage, they owe like $427 for like two hours of parking. Or they're sitting in the car crying because yeah. of that. Now, yeah. you know what? <laughs> Ukraine makes sense to me now. Now, now your work uh, makes sense to me. It is heroic stuff. We Thank were all, you. everybody back here watching and rooting for you. Um, but it's, it's such insane chaos. But I wanted to start here. What is... It's yeah. gone on a lot longer than I think anyone thought it would, including Putin. Yeah. What is morale, you know, in Ukraine? Obviously, they've done better from a military standpoint than we thought, but at the same time been physically decimated in a lot of ways. Where are they emotionally? Well, emotionally, I think the best way for people at home to really put yourself in this perspective is think of a time you've been incredibly tired. Mm -hmm. Now, magnify that, draw that out for months on end, and think of another time when you've been in such deep pain, whether it's the loss of a loved one, having to say goodbye to a friend or losing your job and now stretch that out for months on end and then sitting in that. So there's so much anger and so much pain and it's been so long lasting. And, and as journalists, we're able to go there and tell these stories, but we get to leave. We get yeah. to go home. And I, thankfully, I've been home for about a week now, mm -hmm. but other people cannot. That's something they have to live with. And as you said, people thought this would end weeks and months ago. Yeah, and yeah. it's a completely different reality. It really is. Like, in a lot of ways, the Ukraine war is like this radio show. People thought it would be over in two days. <laughs> and here we are all this time later. Like, wow, what is going on? I don't even get it. Uh, but it is. It's heavy. And I've watched so much of your individual reporting. Like, I watched you when you were in Poland. And mm -hmm. you're dealing with such an unprecedented level of refugees and stuff. Do you almost feel, because I find myself emotionally, I really get sucked into other people's situations. Yeah. Do you find yourself trying to offer them some type of hope or silver lining? What do you What do you do off camera? Oh, I've seen you on camera. Definitely. What's it like? You can't. You can't interview someone and then immediately the second the camera yeah. goes off, just walk away. I mean, mm -hmm. as a human, technically you could, but yeah. you'd have to be pretty cold to do that. You'd have to be a sociopath. Yeah. And also, you're not going to be able to tell someone's story to the same depth and mm -hmm. do it as much justice if you don't get more of a background. So I would usually sit with someone before interviewing them on camera, get to hear their story a little bit, ask them, is it okay if we share this on TV, get their story, and then just sit with them for a little bit. And often that would be conversations where they just needed someone to cry to, or they needed someone to listen and someone who wasn't entrenched in it themselves and get to ration with me and ask, like, can you imagine that this is really taking place? Yeah. And that's all people want at the end of the day is to be able to talk to someone. My, I, you know, I would, I would agree with that a thousand percent. And a lot of people don't realize, I, I learned this driving a cab, that talking the talking, it's so tremendously important. Mm -hmm. People need to process what they're going through. Of course, people could see a therapist, but also in the moment, yeah. you just need that human connection, yes. especially if you've been on the road, if you haven't slept, mm -hmm. you just need, there's a reason that we social creatures are constantly around our family, around friends, on social media, listening to radio. Mm -hmm. You need that connection and that's people a, in these environments do too. No, it's a really good point and it's so true, uh, you know, in any circumstance. Alex Hogan is in studio. She's back in the mainland for, for the time being. She did a little West Coast swing, saw the parents. I did headed out to Ukraine. It's crazy. What I hope from all your reporting is I, I always watch it and I hope on some level that people here just gain perspective. Yeah. Like, I mean, you realize coming back to America, like we have it so good. We do. And we just, it's important to yeah. really realize that and try to be as grateful as possible. Of course, yeah. everything is relative. Mm -hmm. And that's also important to realize too. Mm -hmm. I think there can be this juxtaposition of thinking, Look how horrible of conditions it is in places like Ukraine right now in a war. Mm -hmm. And look how good we have it. Is it selfish for us to enjoy these things? Mm -hmm. And I would say no to that. I yeah. think it's important when things are good to really appreciate them. And to remember, mm -hmm. go out to dinner. Open that bottle of champagne. Enjoy the good when you have it too. Thank you. I need to bring you down to HR after this. 
<laughs> you have to explain away a couple of my expense reports from the last few weeks. Uh, Ms. Hogan here would like to speak in behalf of the defense. Uh, but no, you're absolutely right. I say it a lot. I say we're all in the happiness business. If you die tomorrow, you're going to wish you had more fun. You're exactly. not going to wish you spent more time being miserable. But, you know, in a very difficult situation, I wanted to ask you this. Is there any indication in Ukraine that, you know, maybe as a means to ending this, do they want to concede some kind of territory to Putin or is their resolve such that you get nothing? No, I think at this point, especially seeing how the government has responded mm -hmm. by standing firm and not leaving and politicians have stayed and they are fighting and seeing that courage, people there who are citizens who are taking up arms and fighting themselves or finding ways to support their country. Yeah. At this point, it's become so deeply personal and that patriotism that there's no chance they want to give up any inch of territory. I think it's it's really brave to see that. In, in a weird way. I mean, I'm not the one fighting the battle, so... You know, I, I want to be responsible in saying this, but in a weird way, I understand because you're rewarding aggression. Yeah, and I, if you give I up, think you land. could probably picture both sides, right? Yeah. It would be mm -hmm. easy to see that people would want the fighting to end two weeks ago, so yeah. let's give up territory. But on the other hand, that that pride mm -hmm. and and having that sense of I'm not, I'm not giving up anything to you after yeah. everything you put me through. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think at this point, what I feel like we're all watching play out is like it's a it's a, almost an ego battle for Putin. Yeah. In that this is embarrassing to the rest of the world, mm -hmm. but he clearly seems to be selling it at home. Like this is going well or this is, Yeah, you know. well, his approval ratings are up. Well, the thing about polling people at gunpoint, Alex, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. little misleading. You yeah. know, you think our polls are shaky, but we're talking to Alex Hogan, uh, who, of course, also does spend a great deal of time over in London. Uh, let me ask you this with the Queen's Jubilee coming up. Uh, who hates who more? <laughs> Ukrainians, Putin. Or uh, British commoners and Meghan Markle? Oh, I definitely am going to have to go with the latter. Or the first, of course. The first, the first. Well, the responsible um, answer is Putin, but can we dive in a little deeper? It's just you and me now. Mikey, turn the mics off. Um, no, I do think that there is, there is definitely... One, within the country, there's a group of people who are royalists, who mm -hmm. adore every single part of the tradition of this. And there's also people who don't necessarily buy in and who don't love all of the fanfare as much and think that that money should go to a different place. So there's okay. also those two perspectives, mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of back and forth and yeah. push on, on what has taken place within the Royal family, especially when we're talking about Andrew and everything yes. that that has been in the tabloids concerning the sexual assault scandal uh, that took place. So there has been a lot of negative press when it was supposed to be a year that was just celebrating the Jubilee this yeah. year, marking 70 years of her being on the throne. I feel like they're doing the queen dirty a little bit right now, personally, right? There's and a lot of talk, and I think especially for people who are deep-seated royalists, they are so angry that that's what's in yeah. the press. And those are the conversations as opposed to the fact that we're talking about a woman in her 90s who has still been on the throne and meeting with a prime minister every single week I mean, at you, that age. Yeah, you really think about what a badass she is. Think, I mean, you just go through the lineage of American presidents she's hung out with. I was looking at all of the life events that have yeah. taken place, not just since she's been alive, but just since she's been in this one yeah. job, this one role. Mm -hmm. It's amazing to see. It would be incredible if she could write a book. I know that that is not part of how the royals operate. That would be <laughs> remarkable to see the journey that someone has lived. Well, absolutely. And I, I think one of the one of the adjustments they've probably had to make is like, there was a time where they could put stories to bed 
-hmm. You know, they were the royals, and if, you know, you report this, we're never going to talk to you again. And people (laughs) wanted that access. It's weird now because they don't have that. Like, she's kind of in a weird uncharted water now. They do to a certain extent. There's definitely still a very deep-seated respect for Buckingham Palace and for having that relationship and the trust with the queen with the royal family. Uh, and I do think that that's just something that you would never see here in the States. It's a very different tradition. It's a different culture. Uh, and it's it's interesting to be over there and live there and see all of that. Yeah. Even small things like news agencies need to have black suits and black dresses oh, no, that's funny. in the office just uh-huh. in the event of any kind of, of royal fatality. Well, I want to ask you this, Alex Hogan, who is back in America, by the way. Morale is high on the show. It's a, it's a big <laughs> deal. Um, you know, we always hear those stories about how, like, the queen has moves. Like, if she's in mixed company and she, like, raises her arm bag, like, you know, people just drag her out of the conversation or someone gets thrown into the mode or whatever. Does Alex Hogan, when you're socializing in London, do you have moves? Do I have moves like, like if that? Like, if you touch your left earring, does someone get, like, <laughs> no, I should. thrown I down should. a flight of stairs? How does um, this work? <laughs> I don't. I feel like, overall, I'm I'm a pretty happy person. Yeah, okay. Uh, so you did say off the air you want to start a puppy farm. I did. I did. So if that doesn't tell you a little bit about who I am, <laughs> then, then it should. Um, but, no, I, I, don't, I don't have any of those, I think. Mm-hmm. Overall, I try to pick my, my friends, my close people wisely and mm-hmm. people who are happy and, and yeah. interesting and passionate about what they do and that tells so much about a person if you're passionate about what you fill your time with and that makes you more interesting and more fun to be around as well. Think about this. Okay. We're writing a great self-help book, by the way. Mm, we, we, no, are. No, we really are. We really are. We gotta slap your we name on it. We touched on therapy, we, we picking did, your people, the queen, puppies, the puppies. All of the but to the point of positive energy, you know what, Alex? <laughs> Everyone you talk to that promises themselves if they get like super rich, they're gonna open a puppy farm. <laughs> they are doing it because the dogs bring so much positive energy. Yeah, so it is, and I guess that's the best thing uh, we could tack on to this conversation is that you should be surrounding yourself with dogs. <laughs> they have, listen, they have better hygiene than most people in radio, <laughs> so I can't even shoot this down. Uh, but you should. You should be surrounding yourself by positive energy at all times. And if I'm you're sure. watching this Ukraine coverage and coverage you've so brilliantly brought us, uh, that should be the perspective everybody comes away with at the very least. And that's something that is very easy for people at home to do. Anyone yeah. can do that. There's constantly people that we talk about that might bring us either it's toxic energy or you might just go home and feel stressed out. It's yeah. really easy to look at yourself and think, I've got this one life. Who do I want to spend my time with? Yeah. Am I the kind of person who's bringing positivity to other people or am I the person who's bringing the stress as well? And that, that's important. To that's think a great about. point. I think we just took over for Ellen. So we got to go. <laughs> uh, we're leading a dance number with all the ladies in the lobby. It's going to be great. I, I got a lot of faith in you. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. It's Give good to be here. My best to the Royals. We'll do it again soon. We'll do it again soon. There she goes. The great Alex Hogan. There we go back after this. The host who saves a plate for everybody at his barbecue. He's a very compassionate man who cares deeply about all Americans. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Now it's Putin's fault. I'm telling you. Okay, she's not there to report on economics, but she is there to bring you the truth because it's so important that we all have it because they say in war the first casualty is always the truth. Well, people like Alex and Trey Yanks and Benjamin Hall that are out there really risking everything to bring you these stories. They are true heroes back in this country, and I love talking to her. And I hate seeing the risk they expose themselves to. I hate seeing the plight of the people they're covering disingenuously weaponized for political gain, but that's exactly what Biden did when he was talking about fighting inflation. 
fighting inflation. It's my number one priority. You were lying your ass off. Here he is saying it at the White House a few minutes ago, clip one. My top priority is fighting inflation and lowering prices for families and the things they need. Today's announcement is going to give millions of families a little more, a little more breathing room to help them pay their bills. You know, we work with Democrats and Republicans and business and nonprofits to make this happen. And we're going to keep working to fight inflation and lower cost of, to all American families for a lot of other things as well. It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. I mean, really think about it. They're going to keep working. Have they lowered the cost of anything? The answer would be no. Nothing. Yo, really think about that. Bill Parcells used to coach the Giants. The Big Tuna, that was his nickname. Won a couple of Super Bowls. Beat up John Elway in the Broncos. Super Bowl 21 out in Pasadena. Phil Simms had one of the best games a quarterback will ever have in the Super Bowl. Then a couple of years later against the Buffalo Bills down in Tampa after Whitney Houston sang the greatest national anthem of all time. Uh, no one can even debate that. Uh, it was Jeff Hostetler, then a backup to an injured Phil Simms that led them to another championship after Scott Norwood. Went wide right with a game-winning field goal. Well, Bill Parcells, a two-time Super Bowl champion, got the Gatorade dumped on him, carried off the field. And uh, he had an adage, no matter where he coached, where he said, you are what your record says you are. You are what your record says you are. I don't want to hear about how good we look in practice. If we're two wins and five losses, you suck. Okay, you are what your record says you are. Joe Biden telling you, oh, we're working so hard to fight inflation. Now nah, we're going to... Work on not just inflation and gas, but other areas as well. Well, you are what your record says you are. And right now, your record, your record, it says you suck, okay? Inflation is at a 40-year high. Gas is unaffordable. People are getting crushed at home. It is the A, B, C, D, E, F, and G issue, okay? The fact that Democrats think they're going to get out of this by starting a fight over abortion. You gotta do better than that. Nobody cares. Okay, there's a baby food, there's a baby formula shortage. Here's Jen Psaki talking about it. Clip three. The FDA issued a recall to ensure that they are meeting their obligation to protect the health of Americans, including babies, who, of course, were uh, receiving or taking this formula and ensure safe products are available. That's their job. Ensuring the availability of these products is also a priority for the FDA, and they're working around the clock to address any possible shortage. You're not telling me the truth. Yo. That doesn't solve the problem. That's a, you know, we're working around the clock. Okay, it's very, no, you work around the clock. Do, we, do the babies have the formula? The answer would be no. Of course not. And she wants you to believe it's Vladimir Putin's fault for all of this, that even when the formula gets there, you can't afford it, but that's not their fault. Here it is, clip two. We know if we look at the recent inflation data, a large, depending on which data you look at, two-thirds to even 70% of inflation data is, is a result of energy prices. A, a large part of that is the result, and, and, and Chairman Powell has spoken to this, and Secretary, um, Secretary Yellen has also spoken to this, as a result of President Putin's invasion of Ukraine and the impact on the global energy markets. Those are all steps and impacts that I don't think anyone could have predicted a year ago. Is totally false. Why can I say that? Because a year ago, the inflation was already here, and Jerome Powell was saying it was transitory. So this idea that we couldn't predict it a year ago, we predicted it a year ago. If you remember, a year ago, Republicans were screaming, hey, don't spend all this money. 
If you remember, the San Francisco Fed actually traces back the root cause of inflation to a year ago. Shout out to the great Alex Hogan for classing up this broadcast. I mean, for all the great things she's done on behalf of this country, she de certainly deserves better than to have to hang out with us. But we'll take the bump in prestige any day of the week, and we will also take Ted Nugent, who joins us next right here on Fox Across America. The best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I say it all the time. This country is a mess. Right now, it looks like Gotham City before Batman shows up, except Batman's not showing up because they laid him off for being unvaccinated. The point is we need help, so we flashed, no, not the bat signal. We needed a TED Talk. We flashed the TED signal, and joining us now on the line, the Motor City Madman himself, Ted Nugent in the house. Hey, man. Hey, it's Ted Across America on Fox Across America. <laughs> Truth, logic, and common sense on the end of a crowbar. God bless freedom, huh, Jimmy? Hey, now you're talking, Ted Nugent. Now you're talking. Are you uh, Are you live at Ted Quarters? You know, it's too bad we don't have any video on this phone call because, Jimmy, I'm looking so good today. There's an effervescence. There's a spiritual thing going on. But how about that music? Did the farm animals nearby start breeding? Because when you play my new music, farm animals increase productivity. The dairy cows up their butter fat. I'm telling you, I'm better than Batman. I'm cock-locked and ready to rock the glock around the clock, Dr. Spock. You love me and you deserve me, Jimmy. I do love talking to you. I just wish you were caffeinated. I just wish you had a little more energy, you know. Well, you know, I'm 73.5 years clean and sober, so my stuff still works pretty good. And, you know, it is treacherous out there. I know you identify and spotlight the cockroaches because we're surrounded. But let me just bring a powerful force of positive energy, spirit, and hope, Jimmy. And I know you already know that. Mm -hmm. But in my constant adventure on the not-so-mean streets of America— Truth, logic, common sense, God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, freedom, that man in the arena, work ethic, law and order. That's still the battle cry for the greatest quality of life all across this nation. We must never lose sight of that. No question. Uh, I agree with you. And it's the thing we the thing we push on the show every day, my man, is, you know, if you live in America, you hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you woke up and you, you were here. You know, we're doing better than 99 percent of the world. But a lot of people have kind of lost touch with just how fortunate they are. And you hear a lot more talking down to America than talking up to America. Does it frustrate you on some level as a guy who's made a spectacular life for himself, a life that might not have been available in another country? Well, I guarantee it wouldn't be available in any other country because everything I do every day from the time I get up in Texas to the time I go to bed is against the law in France. <laughs> all, the, all the perfect things in life are illegal in Illinois. I mean, so, yeah, you know, I really am a battle ram. I mean, I, I could have, you know, I don't want to sound too cocky. It's hard not to. I'm from Detroit, but. 
You know, I could have wrote the, the Constitution. I could have wrote the, the Bill of Rights. They're self-evident truths. We have it in our instinct, in our soul. So knowing that truth, logic, common sense, especially self-evident truth, self-evident logic, self-evident common sense is so ubiquitous everywhere I go. And I run, you know, I know there's liberal dirtbags on the peripheral. You know, they always hide, they cower, and they run in fear. I, I, I walk downtown Austin, and the hippies part like the Red Sea before Moses. So, <laughs> so yes, I do get frustrated because those those negative forces you just identified, and I know you do it all the time, and we thank you for that. The the, the government. Oh my God, Jimmy. Yeah. So the government of the United States, and this this hurts to say it, mostly because it's true. So Uncle Sam is the enemy of America now? Now, if that doesn't make you cry tears of blood, I, I don't know how I can help you, except I, I can help you. And that is to raise more hell because government, media, academia, the punks at big tech, the punks in Hollywood, the punks that run the biggest, loudest voices in this country – are not the majority. They're a lunatic fringe. And all I'm saying is those conservative families out there, my blood brother's hardcore in the arena of the American dream swirling dust, you better engage because yeah. the reason this punk is infesting the White House is because good conservative families didn't vote, didn't call their mayor, their senator, their congressman, and their government, and raise hell when they saw atrocities taking place. And that's what we're strangled by right now. But I I got a middle finger, and it's on fire, and it's been on fire since about 1955. Because I'm a hunter, I'm a I I keep and bear arms. Mm -hmm. I can keep and bear arms on planet Earth. It's a God-given right, and they've been infringed because conservative families have backed down, did not engage, don't vote, and don't raise enough hell. So now we see a change because it's gotten so vulgar. It's gotten so bad that now moderates who basically stand for nothing. If you're moderate, you're like a Mitt Romney. You're, no, a, you're a force good. of negativity. Yes. If you're not fighting back against this scourge of Marxism, then Nancy Pelosi would like to thank you. And if that doesn't break your heart, I can't help you. <laughs> We're talking to Ted Nugent. If you just joined us. Hey, if, if Nancy Pelosi wanted to give me some of her stock tips, I'd, I'd sign up for those. Uh, but she's not. Yeah, how really... about that? Yeah. How, how about that? <laughs> So this freak, this power-abusing, oath-violating freak, which pretty much covers everybody in the government right now. I'm sorry <laughs> to say that, but prove me wrong. So they can have insider trading, but their bosses can't. Because, by the way, a little update from Uncle Ted. We the people, the guitar player from Detroit, the author of Wangle Tangle, I'm the boss. These people work for me, and they have completely lost touch with that. So they can have insider trading, but their boss can't? This is this is Planet of the Cuckoo's Nest stuff. Yeah, it ain't good. Uh, well, let me ask you this. You were a guy, okay, you were in the Trump White House. Didn't you go with, like, Kid Rock and Sarah Palin to the Trump White House? You know, I think I facilitated the uh, conduit by which we uh, uh, <laughs> penetrated the heretofore uh, swamp, shall I say, <laughs> because uh, D Donald Trump knows when he was talking to his 
real Republican cohorts that in the state of Michigan, well, quite honestly, I, 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 I hire people in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. I hunt in all 50 states, which means that all 50 states bureaucrats work for me. Mm-hmm. And how about you want to bet, Jimmy, every one of them knows exactly what Ted Nugent stands for, I guarantee it. So when he finally got this um, nonstop barrage of what this smart-ass guitar player from Detroit was up to for the last 50 years, he goes, hey, he sounds like somebody that should be on our team. And Sarah Palin knows that. Here's a housewife and a mother who saw corruption and abuse of power in Alaskan bureaucrats, and she took over. That's that's the essence of an experiment in self-government. So, yeah. And Kid Rock, though, he was a little um, um, missing in action for a long time because a lot of artists don't want to get into politics till he saw that the politics were actually infringing on his work ethic, his, his American artistic dream. His, his entrepreneurial spirit of hiring people and creating jobs. And so he became engaged. And now my buddy Bob Ritchie from Detroit is a serious and very powerful, positive force to reckon with. So it was, it was quite the gang with Mrs. Nugent and Kid Rock and Sarah Palin in the Oval Office. And we went over a bunch of serious global documents. And I got to tell you, Jimmy, I don't know everything close, but I don't know everything. But when the president asked me about, you know, the Paris Accord and all these different global contracts, I I spit it out like a Detroit Hellraiser. And do you know that everything President Trump did I had that I had commented on, he did exactly as I commented, not because I'm smart, but because the policies and the conditions were so insanely wrong that even a guitar player can figure out an upgrade. So this man did everything right. You know, not everything, but he did everything right for America. Yeah. And so it was, it was quite the powwow. It was, a, it was a wonderful experience. Plus, the food was great. I was going to say, they must feed you good at that White House. I'd, I'd like to think. I mean, with Biden, it's just cans of insurance. And, and oatmeal. I don't. Can think you imagine show. Chef Boyardee in the Oval Office? What the hell? <laughs> We're talking to Ted Nugent. Let me ask you this, okay? They have a Supreme Court confirmation going down this week. We have a Supreme Court justice who says she can't define what a woman is. Um, now, most Americans think that's insane, and most Americans think this concept of being able to identify as whatever you want and the rest of us just have to play along is a little insane. Do you think we've gotten to the point where the Democrats have gone too far, meaning they've poked enough bears that people who would otherwise agree with them are now going to turn against them because of how silly these policies have gotten? Affirmative, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Affirmative. I got a bunch of friends in the entertainment industry, and they're, they're really good people. A lot of people don't emphasize adequately the work ethic of my fellow rock and rollers and the musicians. My God, whether regardless of their politics, they might wear a Che Guevara shirt, not knowing that Che would have killed them. <laughs> How much <laughs> dope do you have to smoke to be that stupid? <laughs> Anyhow, um, even those guys... They, they put their nose to the grindstone. They really want to deliver a product, an art, and a statement, and, 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 and an energy, and a work ethic that is really powerful. But yes, a lot of them are going, you know, Ted, in fact, they call me, Jimmy. They call me from all over the country, all over the world. They go, you know, that stuff that we thought you were, like, radical about? You were right. 
And it all pivots on the right to keep and bear arms, doesn't it? Because isn't an unarmed society easy to take over? Well, they ain't going to do it here. I got a a love song called Come and Take It. I sent a copy on suppository to Beto O'Rourke and Joe Biden. (laughs) Um, So, yes, I think they have gone so berserk because they have met such such lack of resistance in those powerful forces of government, media, big tech, Hollywood, academia. They thought that they had it made. Well, they woke up a sleeping and very angry bear. And I th- I pray to God literally daily on my fake knees. <laughs> I genuflect and say, God, let us have a an absolute tsunami bombardment of conservative voting in 2022 because it's the only hope to return to that shining city on the sea, and you know it. Uh, no, I do agree with you. Ted Nugent is on the line. He's trying to save the country. Did you ever think uh, the guitar player from Detroit would be on the front lines of trying to hold this place together. I mean, you talk about you and your buddy Bob Ritchie. Like, where are are we as a country when you guys have become the front line? Because I don't think you were supposed to, with all due respect. I think you've been entertaining the pants off of this place for decades. But I I, I never never thought it would we'd wind up in this position. But we are kind of here in some regard, uh, and it is incumbent upon people who can speak up to speak up. Um, did you ever see this day or no? Did you think you'd be hunting at the age of seventy three and not even paying attention to politics? Well, I'm definitely hunting at the age of 73. In fact, I donated another ton of pure, organic, renewable, delicious, nutritious venison to soup kitchens and homeless shelters. So the people that are against hunting are against providing protein for needy Americans, which makes them idiots. At any rate, (laughs) my point being is that I'm hunting hard. I'm rocking hard. I have a new tour. I got the best band in the world, Greg Smith on bass guitar, Jason Hartless on drums. I'm the luckiest guitar player in the world. But when it comes right down to it, I'm an American. Mm-hmm. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a farmer. I'm a rancher. I'm a resource steward. I'm an environmentalist planting more trees than any than all your friends combined. <laughs> I've done it every year since 1969. I am a positive force to reckon with, which is why the leftists won't debate me anymore, because they see what happens, Pierce Morgan, when they try. So I never imagined that I'd have to get this involved. But from the uh, mushy brain youth graduating from the anti-American education system, um, I had to learn quickly that if you don't stand up for basic freedoms, self-evident truth-based freedoms are guaranteed in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, if you don't stand up, they will erode. And here we are. So I'm a, I'm a citizen. I mean, I happen to be the sexiest guitar player in the world, which is a lot of fun, by the way. Um, but, but the point is, we, we all have an absolute moral, intellectual, and I'm con- convinced a spiritual obligation to participate in this blood and guts death paid for experiment in self-government. And I can summarize it thusly, and I know it touches you and everybody listening deeply. I've saluted way too many flag-draped coffins. I've hugged way too many terrorized family members who have lost a hero of the military to think that this freedom fell out of the sky or some man provided it. It's from God. It's freedom. It's life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And the warriors of the U.S. military have paved the way with their lives. How dare we? not participate 
in the system by which they have provided with the ultimate sacrifice. And that sentence right there, it's hard to imagine that came from the office. If, if, if the guitar player can do it, nobody has an excuse. Am I right? No, thank you. Not even. Not even if they've got catch-scratch fever. There's no excuse not to participate. Um, Actually, if they have catch-scratch fever, they'll be a force to reckon with. I <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you about that. Um, Blackie, your, your, your prized guitar, okay? If yeah. you had to trust yeah. one person to protect Blackie and get it to you, uh, travel across state lines, who would you trust, Biden or Kamala? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, actually. I, I called <laughs> <I> call Kyle. <laughs> uh, he's my hero. I think he should be the hero of all freedom and self-defense righteous Americans. Um, you know, I'm surrounded by such wonderful people, and none of them are anything like anybody in the government. Now, Lauren Bobert, hero, a warrior. Uh, Ted Cruz, almost all the time, an absolute statesman, a constitutionalist. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I could name a bunch Let of Let me jump real. in on that. Uh, Ted Cruz wants to take me hog hunting in a helicopter. Should I go? No, you should go with me. <laughs> <laughs> because all I can tell you is pissed off pork on the hoof and brass rainbows from my M4 is beyond the greatest joy you can have with your pants buttoned up. Um, yes, it's a great, great sport and a great business here in Texas. And it's the only way to responsibly reduce the outrageous damage uh, to the earth and to agriculture and, and to the environment that uh, the out-of-control hog population uh, creates. But Ted Cruz is right. You're on. The, by the way, you're on the phone with the guy who legalized it. I was I was confronted by a bunch of ranchers whose entire agriculture grounds were being destroyed by hogs, and the government was going to poison them. And of course, when you poison hogs, other animals will be poisoned too. Yeah. And I'm not even a biologist, but I can identify a woman. My point being, <laughs> good for you. My Listen, point being yeah. is that there is there is such win 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 win. When you hose down angry pork on the hoof from a helicopter with a machine gun, it's almost as sexy as the opening lick to stranglehold. So, yes, you should do it with Ted Cruz, but only if you can't do it with me because I'm way more fun. All right, it's a date. Ted Nugent, we will be in touch. We will flash the Ted signal yet again. Thank you for gracing us with your presence and saving the country today, my friend. It's my job. I'm a hellraiser. I'm an American. I'm, by the way, you know the founding fathers wanted all Americans to be just like me. You know that, right? In a, in a perfect world. I don't know that they had the same level of guitar ambition uh, for everybody. Right. But I think other than no, that, I yes. That. You are the I uh, invented it. Well, Timmy, thank you for the truth, logic, and common sense bar bombardment. I'm with you all the time. I'm here for you anytime, buddy. I'll see you in the chopper. Have the M4 ready. Take care, my man. All right. There he Live goes. The legendary Ted Nugent. There we go back after this. Preparing you for the barbecue. I think I'll put on my cute little sunglasses. Happy 4th of July from Fox Across America. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How about Ted Nugent, man? Fantastic guy to talk to. I love the passion. I love the ridiculousness. <laughs> it's, it's everything that's right about this country. You can pick up a guitar one day and become an icon, become famous the world over, become prosperous beyond all believable bounds, 
and still stand up for the country that made it all possible at every turn. It's a great story, not only Ted's story, but our American story. I'm never prouder to tell it than I am today, right here on the big, bad, one and only Fox Across America. Happy birthday, America. We will see you tomorrow. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.